of heights to the depths of the But Yehu, notice verse 31, he took no heed to walk in the law of God. Even after that experience of doing what God had said, you know, uh, he he was still a bad boy, (laughs) and he didn't end well. But Yehu took no heed to walk in the law of Jehovah God of Israel with all of his heart, for he did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam who made Israel to, to sin. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher, Rob Kellogg. Yehu was also clearly disobedient and did not obey or serve God with all of his heart. By not taking heed to walk in the law of the Lord God, Yehu showed that he did not live a life of fellowship with God. He was a success in one regard, but a successful failure. How terrible a warning is the story of this man, that it is possible to be an instrument in the hand of God and yet never be in fellowship with him. Hating one sin, he loved another, and this proved that the fear of the Most High didn't reign in his heart. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes chapter 10 in the book of Second Kings understand his plot and what he was doing and they uh he must have had uh, been a convincing actor because he was killing and ridding israel of those who committed baal worship so why are you now you know you've killed the people who are committing baal worship but now you're saying you're going to worship baal it seems like a kind of they didn't know that yet all these things were happening in a very quick succession. And by the time he had killed all these people, all that knowledge wasn't out yet. Do you follow me? And so that's how he was able to do this. And so, again, he must have been a convincing actor um, because now he's going to kill the people that he, or he's going to worship the, the God of the people that he had just killed. <laughs> so it doesn't make sense. So the only way that he could have pulled this off was either number one, as I said, the news didn't travel quick enough so that the people realized what he was really up to. He was a great actor, number two. Maybe thirdly, all the kings of the north, they were wicked, and so worshiping false gods was something they were very accustomed to, so why not Yehu? He's, everybody's been worshiping Baal, so you're no different, right? So, Or the Lord could have caused them to be blind to his real motives. All of those things could be true all at the same time. So verse 19, now therefore, so this is what he does. He, he, he says, therefore, call to me all the prophets of Baal, all his servants. And, and, and this was a very uh, deceptive trick to get them on. And did he accomplish what God had told him to do? Yes, he did. He did. Call to me all the prophets of Baal, all his servants, all his priests. Let no one be missing, for I have a great sacrifice for Baal. And he's you know, lying through his teeth here. Whoever is missing shall not live. In other words, make sure everybody comes. I want this place, this this temple of Baal, I want it to be filled with worshipers. We're going to have a great time tonight. We're going to have a big sacrifice. It's going to be a big deal. Everyone must come. If you're a Baal worshiper and you're not here, we're going to put you to death. 
It's basically what he's saying. But Yehu acted deceptively with the intent of destroying the worshippers of Baal. And Yehu said, proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal. So they proclaimed it. And then Yehu sent throughout all Israel and all the worshippers of Baal came so that there was not a man left who did not come. And so they came into the temple of Baal and the temple of Baal was full from one end to the other. And he said to the one in charge of the wardrobe, bring out the vestments for all the worshippers of Baal. And so he brought out vestments for them. And then Yehu and Jehonah Adab, the son of Rechab, went into the temple of Baal and said to the worshipers of Baal, Search and see that no servants of Jehovah are here with you, but only the worshipers of Baal. I want this to be a moment that we'll never forget. <laughs> and it was going to be a moment they would never forget. So they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. And now Yehu had appointed for himself 80 men on the outside and had said, If any of the men whom I have brought into your hands, escapes. Whoever lets him escape, it shall be his life for the life of the other. So it was really important that nobody got away. Now it happened, verse 25, as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, that Yehu said to the guard of the captains, Go in and kill them. Let no one come out. And they killed them with the edge of the sword. And then the guards and the officers threw them out. And then they go into the inner temple of the temple of Baal, and they brought the sacred pillars out of the temple of Baal, and they burned them. And then they broke down the sacred pillar of Baal, which is evidently a different image that they had in the temple of Baal. They tore that down. And um, and Baal and made it refuse um, and and made it a refuse dump to this day. It says, and then verse twenty eight says, and thus Yehu destroyed Baal from Israel. So Baal worship, all of its worshippers were vanquished by really four different people: Hazael, Elijah. Remember the four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. He was part of it too. Elisha was part of this, and finally Yehu. And God said that for that to be that way. And why? Is it because God is is an angry, hateful God? No, he, he loves people. But when people are bent on evil, there does come a point where God will judge that, that people group. He will. He doesn't want to. He'd much rather have them turn and live, right? I mean, that's what it says in Deuteronomy. You know, I put before you life and death. Choose life. Why should you, choose, why should you continue in your rebellion and die? That's God's heart. But the other side of God that you know, none of us will see if we're believers, we'll never see the wrath of God. The wrath of God is scary. The wrath of God is real. And the wrath of God is something that scared me into the kingdom. I'll be honest with you. When I heard about the wrath and the love of God, I responded to his love. And I also understood the wrath of God as much as I could understand. And I ran into his arms convulsively crying. And begging him to forgive me for my sin. It's okay if you come to Christ out of fear. Because I did. I was fearful of what was going to happen to me. Let me guess. Eternity of damnation or eternity in heaven? Ah, That's a really tough one. Of course you're going to choose an eternity in heaven. But you have to go on his terms. His terms aren't grievous, are they? You simply have to believe that you're a sinner and believe that your sin was judged in the person of Jesus Christ on the cross and by your belief in him, that is what you're, how you're going to get to heaven. Pretty simple terms, I think. 
pretty easy terms in a sense, right? But I, I, gotta, I gotta confess my sin and I gotta realize that I'm not a good guy. The Bible says that none, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single person born is not born inherently good. No, the Bible says that when we are born, we are inherently evil. <laughs> and that's the truth. And you have to believe that in order to get your, to, for, for Christ to forgive you. You have to understand that you have a sin nature and you have sinned against God. And there's no other hope for you unless you do. There's no other way. You can't give your way into the kingdom. You can't say I'm sorry enough. You can't do prison time and expect to get... Believe me, there's people who have committed sins and done their jail time and have served their time, got out of jail, and when they die, they're going to hell because they've never given their heart to Christ. They may have served the man's law, but God says the man who sins shall surely die, but you must put your faith in my son. And I did. Did you? I believe we all have. And I hope you all have. Because he's a loving God. I mean, there's nothing bad about Jesus at all. But we have to come on his terms. We have to come on his terms. This whole thing, we're not going to take the time to go here, but I would encourage you to read right here um, at verse 28. I want want you to write a verse in in your Bible because it's really interesting the con or the, the similarities between Samson and the Philistines. Because Samson, uh, this judge of Israel before the kings, uh, before the, the monarchy, he was a judge in Israel, and uh, he he brought the whole house down literally. You may remember uh, on the Philistine temple of Dagon, and it's a very similar thing that happened here with vanquishing Baal from Israel's presence. You know, just vanquishing it altogether. It's in Judges chapter 16, verses 23 through 30. You can read about that another time, but very similar to what we just read. So going on here now, it says, verse 29, However, Yehu, now notice after all of this, so he did do what God wanted him to do, but he did these other things that he wasn't supposed to do. But, however... Yehu did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. That is, from the golden calves that were at Bethel and at Dan, these two centers of worship, after all that he tasted of, of of being obedient to God somewhat, he tasted to see that the Lord was good, but you know what? It just never, the seed never took root. He continued in idolatry with the golden calves that were at Bethel and Dan. Verse 30, And the Lord said to Yehu, Because you have done well, notice, this is interesting, Because you have done well in doing what is right in my sight, and have done to the house of Ahab all that was in my heart, your son shall sit on on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. Did that happen? Yes, it did. This literally came to pass. Yehu's dynasty was the fifth dynasty of the nine dynasties in, of, the, of the kingdom of Israel. There were nine dynasties. In Judah and Benjamin, there was only one dynasty, the Davidic dynasty. In the southern two tribes, it was father to son, father to son, father to son. One dynasty, but not the kingdom of Israel that had nine different dynasties. And this was the fifth dynasty for the, for the northern ten tribes, and it lasted until the fourth generation. And uh, the first one was Jehoiahaz, uh, immediately following uh, Yehu after his death. 
Uh, he ruled from 814 to 798 BC, and then his son Joash or Jehoash reigned from 798 to 782, and then uh, Jeroboam II. Uh, he was co-regent with his father Joash from 793 to 753. And then finally, Zechariah, the last of the fifth dynasty of Jehu, began, he reigned from 753 to 752, just one year, just one year. And so that literally took place. And then after that, there was a new king who was not of the line of Zechariah. So that fifth dynasty got scrubbed out just as God had said. And that was yet future to what we're reading. And it literally came to pass. And how can God do that? Because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows history before it happens. That's why he can write to us, you know, the book of Revelation. He can write the things that are yet future to us as if they had already happened. God can write them as if they are already finished. Because he knows, he can see. And to me, that's a, what a wonderful God we serve. You know, in, a, in, in times of uncertainty and the things that are going around that make no sense, God gives us this wonderful stability. He gives us this, his word to tell us these things. And it settles your heart. Does it settle your heart? To know what's happening, to know what's coming in the future? I don't know about you, but I, I like that because I've read the end and it's really good for us. <laughs> It's really good for Christians. For those who believe in Christ, it's very good. And unfortunately for those who don't, it is not good. And there's why we share, right? But Yehu, notice verse 31, he took no heed to walk in the law of God. Even after that experience of doing what God had said, you know, uh, he, he was still a bad boy, and he didn't end well. But Yehu took no heed to walk in the law of Jehovah God of Israel with all of his heart, for he did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam who made Israel to, to sin. And it is insanity, it is foolishness to the highest degree to not want to follow God and obey him. It's just foolishness. And then to hear him say in verse 16, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. And then to have Yehu disregard the Lord completely and continue following idolatry and the worship of devils. Because, again, I said this before, but when we worship anything other than Jesus Christ, we are worshiping a demon. In Second Chronicles 11, verse 15, it says, Then he, Jeroboam, appointed for himself priests for the high places, for the demons and the calf idols which he made. There it is. In Leviticus chapter 17, verse 7, God speaking, They shall no more offer their sacrifices to demons after whom they have played the harlot. This shall be a statue forever for them throughout their generations. Paul in Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 18, he says, Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What am I saying then? That an idol is anything or what is offered to idols is anything? Rather, that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. There it is. When we worship anything other than Jesus, we are worshiping demons. Even a false Jesus. There are people today who don't worship. They worship a Jesus of their own making. They worship a Jesus that allows them to continue in their fornication. 
Well, it's love. It's love. You know, God's a God of love, and he's not going to judge because we love each other. And, you know, heterosexuals or homosexuals, it doesn't matter. Fornication and adultery is sin. And if you think that you can get away with saying that this is my God whom I worship and this is the Jesus, well, I, I got news for you. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. That's a Jesus that you have made in your own mind. And therefore, that Jesus, whom you think is allowing you to do these things, you're serving a demon because you're not serving Jesus Christ. It's that simple, folks. Tough pill, but that's what people need to hear. The Jesus of the Bible. And how do you know this Jesus of the Bible? Well, you have to read his word. You have to know him. And when you know him and you know his character, and his character is love, it is. God is, God is love. But he does not and never will tolerate Adultery or fornication of any kind, whether it's a heterosexual couple or a homosexual couple, it makes no difference. It is sin. And if you think that your God is going to allow you to do that, you're, you're worshiping a false Christ. And didn't Jesus say in the end times that many people will worship false Christ? And they'll follow false Christs? Christ that have nothing to do with this at all, but a Christ of their own making. And see, this is why it's important for us to abide in Christ. After all that Yehu had went through, even tasting and being part of God's program, and then immediately afterward just walking away from it and continuing in his devil worship... We need to abide in Christ. What, what does abide mean? It literally means to, to, uh, to have a permanence, to find a home, to settle in. You know, Jesus said in John 15, remember, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear good fruit, he takes away. And every branch that uh, bears uh, fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And here it is, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, and, and neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And even right now in many of our houses, there's a tree sitting in a, <laughs> in a vase. And you got water at the base, Right? So what's happening? He is the vine and we are the branches. Without the Spirit of God, without the water in the, in the bottom, that tree doesn't get nutrients. It can't pass that life to the branches. And we, Jesus said we were even to be the light of the world and, and, and our witness is to be a light of the world. And think of those lights. And this is a way you can redeem the, the whole tree thing. I mean, I don't worship a Christmas tree. It's pretty. We do it. It's a tradition. And, and, and I've heard people, and that's okay. If you don't want to do it, it's fine. You know, and... But, you know, I can, you can redeem it. The lights, that's our witness. That's the things that we do for Christ. You are the light of the world, he says. He is the light of the world, but he says, now you are the light of the world. You, you be that witness to me. But see, Yehu was a double-minded man. He was unstable in all of his ways. This word double-minded means dipsychos in the Greek. And it literally means two-spirited. Somebody who is vacillating between two different things. 
And that's exactly what he was. He was a double-minded man. He enjoyed the feeling and the rush of encouragement in doing the will of God, but the seeds of salvation that were planted didn't go down far, and he was quickly taken out of the way by his own will and by his own actions. And so finally in verse 32, we're going to finish here. Thank you for your patience. And notice what it says. In those days, the Lord began to cut off parts of Israel, and Hazael conquered them in all the territory of Israel from the Jordan eastward. All the land of Gilead, Gad, Reuben, and Manasseh, from Aurorar, which is the river Arnon, including Gilead and Bashan. And now, um, now the rest of the acts of Yehu and all that he did and all of his might, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? And so uh, everything to, if you were to, again, look at your map of Israel with uh, the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River and then the Dead Sea, everything to the east... The king, of Assyria, the king of Syria took away. He eventually conquered it all. So Yehu rested with his fathers and they buried him in Samaria. And then Jehoiahaz, his son, reigned in his place. And the period that Yehu reigned over Israel in Samaria was 28 years. 28 years from 841 B.C. to 814 B.C. So an unfortunate thing. You know, a man who started off well but didn't end well. And see, God wants us to start off well and to continue to end well, right? And to me, that's the takeaway from tonight is don't allow yourself to get into that place where, you know, you're starting off well and you just kind of fall off the, off the, off the edge, you know. And that's why, like I said, read John 15 again. Abide in Christ. That means abiding means a place of permanence. Stay in the Word. Stay in prayer. Make it a part of your life to be in the Word every single day. Make it a part of your life to be in prayer every day with your, with your wife or your kids. Make it a point of your life to be in fellowship. Like you are tonight, you know, and on Sunday morning, you know, be in fellowship, get built up, learn more about who you are and about who God is, and then take that information and take that and share it with everybody you can, because that's the whole point of the whole thing, to go into all the earth, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? That's what God wants us to do. So let's do that. Let's stand and pray. Lord, we come before you, and, and Lord, we know that this uh, time of year is, is very distracting for us. And um, we ask, uh, Heavenly Father, that, Lord, that we, would, that we would end well. Lord, you've, you've brought us through, you've saved our souls, and, and Lord, life has a way of just chipping away at us causing compromise. And Lord, whenever we notice these things, Lord, help us to run into your arms again and confess our sin. And Lord, you send us away having our sin forgiven and, and with, new, with a new sense of, of uh, vitality, Lord, because of your spirit and because of how you can forgive us when we confess our sin to you, Lord. And I pray that, Lord, we would, all of us, every single one of us, Lord, that we would finish very well, Lord, that we would continue to abide in Jesus Christ. And so help us tonight, Lord. Help us this week and help us, Lord, to keep our focus. 
this time of year especially, when things are going crazy and there's so many expectations, so many uh, expectations placed upon us to do this or to that, to do that. Lord, help us to do only those things that you want us to do. And so may you receive the glory and the honor in and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.